Ah, uh, greetings, greetings. <laughs> That's it. Uh, I'm kind of constrained for time because I did other things um, outside of my normal routine of getting ready in the morning. I was doing some other things. So now I just got finished taking a shower. I'll clean deodorant. I might as well put some cologne on while I'm thinking about it. But uh, anyway, um, yes, I had my shower, so I'm ready to finish out things, do a couple things before I leave, and then head out. Need to go do some shopping, get a couple things. Um, anyways, let's get right to it. Um, I already thought, it's funny, I thought about the title before I did the podcast. The title of this podcast, My Friend and My Friends, is um, The World of Counterfeits. Um, I think everybody knows what a counterfeit is. In layman's terms, it's something that appears to be something that's not. So a counterfeit coin may be a coin that somebody has manufactured to look like a government-issued coin or or money or something or whatever it is. It's, It's just... It really just comes down to this. Counterfeits are things that are made to represent something they're not. Yeah. They, they look or feel or whatever. But the, the bottom line is counterfeits are, are things that appear to be something they're not. The world is filled with counterfeits. Yeah. People are filled with counterfeits. And for everything that is authentic, This is the law of opposites. I've spoken about the law of opposites before. Uh, The law of opposites says that for everything there is, there's something that's not. So there's an opposite to everything. Yeah. Now, the world of counterfeits means that there is something that is opposite to something, but appears to be the something it's opposite to. So, for instance... The opposites, the law of opposites says that there is up and there's down. They move in two completely different directions. There's left and there's right. There's warm and there's cold. But the the law of opposites in relation to counterfeits is that where you would normally have an opposite, the counterfeit represents the authentic. And that can be very dangerous. Um, it could be very dangerous in many things. Um, and unfortunately the world offers us counterfeits, um, saying that they are authentic. So in other words, you have love and lust. This is, that's, that's pretty common. It is, it's very prevalent in today's society. Love has certain attributes attached to it. And a person who really loves someone behaves a certain way. And there are predictable outcomes to love. Lust is a counterfeit. It's an opposite, but it's also a counterfeit of love. Um, It has certain elements attached to it, and it has predictable outcomes too. The one is good and the other is not good. Now, in terms of love and lust, a person may really love someone but they may conduct themselves in a manner that's appropriate to the type of love they have for them. Lust does not honor such boundaries or such limits or 
lust does not honor appropriateness. So with lust, it could be lust for a man with a young girl. It could be a young girl wanting to have sex with an with a man, an older man, a younger man, doesn't matter, or another girl. Lust does not honor appropriateness, and lust does not respect limits. So a married woman may desire other men. A married man may desire other women. That's lust. Love, the man would, would want his wife and nobody else. The woman would want her husband and nobody else. But there's so many things that can occur in that relationship to make lust tempting, to make it desirable. Um, if a woman is not being honored by her husband and cherished and loved, she may desire the company of other men to have and feel the love and concern and caring and everything that she's not getting from her husband from this other man. Now, she may be able to keep it under control. He may be able to keep it under control. Um, so they may have a very good friendship, no physical contact. Um, even if they live close to each other, they will keep the relationship appropriate. They will. Because they love each other. They don't want their friends who love each other who do not want to, to ruin the friendship. Now, in a moment of weakness, things happen. So, for instance, if they both do not honor the friendship and keep the relationship appropriate, um, say, for instance, she may be having a bad day and she asks him, can you meet me at a park? I want to talk to you. They go to a park. She's bearing her soul. She, and I've seen this happen. I've had people tell me this. I've even had to guard against this stuff myself because what happens is, you go to the park, she's burying her soul. Um, you feel sorry for her. You try to comfort her with words. And she looks at you and she just starts bawling and drops her head. And she reaches out to you and you hug her. And all of a sudden, there's a connection. Um, it's natural to have a connection. It's natural to have a bond with somebody you're trying to comfort. Because when you're giving yourself to someone to relieve their suffering, they feel that and they give back some of their self to you. It's just a natural occurrence. It doesn't mean you planned this all along and you're trying to make things happen. Things happen naturally under certain conditions. Now, people who have it under control, they will be able to hug each other and then release and continue the conversation um, and as if nothing happened or she calms down, things work and she feels comforted and, and then, you know, things are fine and they continue to talk and they both get in their cars and they drive away. That happens. That's happened with me a number of times where um, because I did not allow desire and lust to enter in, I really was only trying to comfort the person and I really was just trying to be there for the person. I wasn't trying to take advantage of the situation or to get something out of it. Um, so if you're not trying to get something out of it and you're really there for the person, you can comfort a person and maybe give them a hug and, and pat them on the back and stuff. And then when they calm down, you release and you continue the conversation. Then you drive away in your own, in your separate directions and everybody's fine because you were there for them, not for yourself. However, 
And this is where thoughts come in. Um, and, and I think women know this as well as men. I don't think many men realize as much um, as women do. Um, perfume, for instance, um, or just the scent, the woman's natural scent could be intoxicating to men. So if a man meets a woman in the park and they're really good friends, but he does like her more than a friend, he just keeps it under control. And she likes him more than a friend, but she keeps it under control. What can happen in those situations is, and I've seen this happen. I've heard it happen. Um, I never got trapped in stuff like this because I, there are lines I just would rather die than cross. But I've known of circumstances and have seen where um, the woman's bawling her eyes out. He's trying to comfort her. He hugs her and looks like he gets a whiff of her or he smells her perfume. And then he pulls away a little bit because it's got his attention. And she looks up at him. And she, usually it's a woman, in my experience, the woman initiates this. She starts to give him a kiss. And next thing you know, he's dying to have her. Because that's, it's like I told when I taught my kids growing up, and my daughter too. There is a progression between people, um, men and women. I don't know how it is between fags or lesbians. But between men and women, there's a natural progression of affection. And that is, um, usually you start walking beside each other. That's usually the first stage. Or listening to one another talk. So you develop a connection or bond through just through conversation. Then you, it advances to where you're walking with a person and talking to them. Um, then you're talking to them one-on-one. -on -one. Then you're sitting next to each other. When you see each other, you give each other a hug. When you leave, you give a hug. There's a slow progression. And this, this, I'm talking about single people. It can happen to married people too, but this is usually with single people. Then you start holding their hand. Then you start walking with your arm around them. Then you start kissing them. Then you start, I call it macking on them, which is French kissing, biting their neck you know, feeling them up. I call it playing grab ass too, because that's natural. These are just natural things that happen in the relationship because not only do you want the person, you want to give yourself to the person. So you're giving more and more of yourself to the person. Well, what that does, it causes a stronger bond to develop with the person. Then you really want the person. Well, if you're both single and you both like each other, this natural progression will lead to the bond that will cause you to date steady. And then you'll go from dating steady to being engaged and you'll get married because you want to have each other exclusively. Well, that's fine if you're single and you like each other and, you know, things are fine. However, if one of you or both of you is married and this is somebody else's husband or wife that you're involved with. Super dangerous activity. Super dangerous. Because it'll lead to things that should never happen. Um, if the man is single and the woman's married and he really wants her and she wants him, they will get together and they will do things. It'll be a pseudo marriage. It'll be like they're married because they'll be treating each other like they're married, but they're not and it's wrong. 
Um, it'll it'll just cause so many disappointments and problems and complications. You couldn't even begin to list them. Very inappropriate behavior. Destroy if it began as a, if it began as a friendship, it'll destroy the friendship. It will. It'll ruin it. Um, now, if she got divorced and was single, different story. Um, or if he was married and he got divorced, it would be different. The the common element here is that that's a counterfeit. Just because you're unhappy in your marriage, getting involved with somebody else, you know, like if a woman gets involved with another man or the man gets involved with another woman, that's lust. It's not a solution to anything. It's destructive. It's a counterfeit for love. Oh, they will tell each other how much they love each other and all that. Um, But it's really lust. They think it's love because it's, it's a counterfeit to love. It's, it seems like it's love. Oh, you're hugging each other and kissing and telling you this is how much you, you know, I just love you so much. You, you know, I always loved you. All the things people say to each other when they're in love. The problem is the relationship is inappropriate and it is not love, it's lust. Um, it can start out feeling like it's love because you care for the person. You hate to see them suffer. Um, you want to ease their burdens. You want to, in other words, you want to be there for them. And the natural bond that occurs um, ends up becoming sexual because that's part of the bonding process. That's part of getting closer to one another. However, in the inappropriate relationships, it's lust and it creates a bond that cannot be sustained. It cannot be truly acted upon because it's inappropriate. If it happens under the right conditions where you're married, it creates a very strong bond. And if that union of marriage, that relationship is nurtured, the bond grows stronger and stronger to the point where it becomes unbreakable. And when it becomes unbreakable, you simply will not betray. You simply will not do anything that will cause uh, or impact that bond in any way. You just will not do it. Yeah. And that's why with long marriages, um, they're very solid. If they were good, they're very solid. So 20, 30, 40 year marriages are solid as a rock because the bond is that strong. And you take a man who's been married for 30, 40 years um, where a younger woman starts hitting on him and, you know, offering herself to him. He will not do it. He will not get involved. As a matter of fact, he'll run from it. Because the bond with the wife he loves is so strong, he cannot betray her. He can't look and compare her to the younger woman. He, his love for her is so complete, he would never in his mind compare her to a younger woman. He wouldn't. And the wife, too, who, who loves her husband. The marriage is very subtle. The reason I talk about counterfeits is there are so many counterfeits. There's so many people that participate in contradictory behavior. I see TikTok videos where women are pulling their skirts up and showing their half their rear end and their leg or trying to look real sexy and saying they do these things, you know, outrageous sexual acts that they can do. And um, I'm a tagger in bed. It's just stupid stuff. Well, that attracts the kind of man uh, and, and men too, when men do this stuff, you attract the kind of woman 
that kind of activity attracts the counterfeit. Because a woman who acts like, let me tell you about real men, good men. Good men are not looking for women who show half of their body on a TikTok video. They're not. Good men aren't looking for women like that. Because good women don't want to share, good men do not want to share their women with other men. And good women sometimes do those things out of desperation. They're getting older. They wonder if they're, if they're still desirable. Do, do men find me attractive? So sometimes good women will, or desperate women, will participate in that type of behavior. But usually it's, it's lustful, um, I would say, uh, principleless women that do that kind of stuff because they know men are visual and men respond to that. Um, and that activity is has long-term consequences for the woman and the man. It's a counterfeit. So to put yourself on TikTok and show your rack or your big rear end or whatever to get attention or to whatever the purpose is, that is a very shallow, short-term, with long-term consequence behavior. It is. Men who look for women like that, I'll say it plainly, they're idiots. Yeah. Why would a man want to get involved with a woman who does stuff like that? Women don't realize that. If you're looking for a good man, that's one of the worst ways to find one. It's like going to a bar to find a husband. You will find an alcoholic or you'll find an abusive man. Well, he can become a husband, but he's not going to be an ideal husband. Because ideal husbands don't hang out in bars. Our ideal husbands don't go to strip clubs. Ideal husbands don't watch pornography and cruise the internet looking for women who do desperate things. They just don't. Good men don't do that stuff. Um, they're focused on improving themselves. Uh, they're focused on their responsibilities. Um, they're, they're trying to get as much control of their lives as possible. So when they do find a good woman, they are prepared, as prepared as could be, as a good man for a good woman. Now, there are inconsistencies that, for some reason, you can't get through to people on this, but it's the truth. It is rare that a good man and a bad woman ever work out. It is rare that a good woman and a, ban, a bad man ever work out. Oh, they may get married and stay together, whatever. But I'm talking about the greatest level of relationship possible. They never achieve it because it's impossible. You cannot take a bad man and put him with a good woman and think that he is going to rise to her level. It's not going to happen. He might improve, might get better. Um, but he is not going to be her equal. He's not. Now, he may get close, and she may be able to put up with some of his BS because he's so much better, but he's still not what he's supposed to be or could be. Just like a, a man who marries a bad woman. Um, he, you know, he may love her to death and think she's the world and all this kind of stuff, but good men... Well, usually good men never do that, but sometimes they do. Sometimes good men marry, marry bad women. Well, what ends up happening is the woman does not really change for the positive. 
she just takes from the good of the man. And the man gets tired. At a point, he gets tired of her because he says to himself, no matter what I do, she's still bad. Well, of course she's bad, you idiot. Sometimes good men can be idiots too when it comes to women. Of course she's bad. Let me lay out the differences here. There can be a good man who marries a woman with bad habits, but she has a good heart. She is a good woman with bad habits. That is a possibility. Just like a good woman can marry a man with bad habits who has a good heart and who's honest, that can work. Those are workable situations. But a man, a good man who marries a woman who's evil in her heart, or a good woman who marries a man who's evil in his heart, good luck. Yes, all I can say to you is good luck because you're taking on an impossible task, which is going to drain your personal resources. It's going it to really, for women, it taxes them more emotionally than anything. Yeah. Um, I was just talking to a good friend of mine and I was telling them how it's, it's funny how men can over, they can get over their wife having an affair with another man and pretty much get over it and have a normal life with them. But women can't. Or I should say, it's much, much more difficult for a woman to get over being cheated on than it is for a man. Men are very good at working it out or moving on. That's men. Um, men will dump the girl. Like if a man has a girlfriend who cheated on him, it's easy for men to just dump her and move on and get somebody else. It's very easy for men. However, for women, they'll hang on to him. And they'll agonize about his cheating and they'll second guess themselves. They go, am I pretty enough for him? Am I smart enough? Am I good enough? They will blame themselves for his cheating. Many, many women. Whereas I'd be saying to him, he's a freaking loser. He's a cheater. What you, why are you so surprised he cheated on you? And sometimes he cheated on her when he was with another girl. So he cheated on this other woman. And now you're surprised he's cheating on you. Boy, I have to reevaluate your freaking IQ. It's counterfeit. If you wish to live um, in a life of truth and a life of um, anticipated outcomes, you know, you have to not allow counterfeits to be part of your life. You can identify them, you can realize them. Be aware, but you should not allow them to be substituted for what's real. So if you are friends, so if you're a man who, let's say a good man, meaning you wouldn't do these things anyway. If you were a good man who's involved with a married woman in a bad marriage, you have a responsibility to yourself and to that woman to never allow anything inappropriate to trans. Trans, uh, transpire between the two of you. No inappropriate um, behavior should transpire between you two people. And if she gets weak, you need to be strong. And if you are getting weak, I would hope she would be strong because it is wrong. And you should, if you really love her as a friend, you would never do it um, because she's married. That's the only obstacle. 
And some people say, well, you know, but her husbands he's horrible. He's terrible. What do I say? She's married. I've, I remember in Periscope one time, um, there was a guy who was a good friend of mine. I loved the guy to death, but he loved to screw women. He loved to have sex with women. He was married, but his wife and he had an open relationship. So he, she didn't mind if he went off with other women and he didn't care. She went off with other men. I could never live under those circumstances. But anyway, I was doing a Periscope broadcast and there's a, there was a friend of mine, a woman I love to death, good woman. And there were some other women and some other men. Well, anyways, he came in and he took an interest in this woman who's a friend of mine. So at first, I let a little of his comments go by. So then I said to him, hey, you know, I said, you know, you got to leave her alone. She's married. He goes, well, I'm married too. And I said, yeah, but she's married. And he said, well, that doesn't matter. I said, whoa, hey, she's married with kids. So I tried to appeal to him for the marriage. That didn't work. Then I tried to appeal to him that she was not just married, but she was a mother with children. That didn't phase him either. The only thing that phased him was this. I told him to stop hitting on her because she was special to me, and that if he couldn't stop hitting on her, I was going to cut him loose. I was going to block him. But he is a good man in this part. He respected me enough where he left her alone. He said, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't know. It was only after I told him she was special to me and I would block him, did, did he say. But he was honorable in the sense that he honored me. So when I requested because of those reasons, then he said, oh, I'm sorry, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll leave her alone. And he did. He stopped hitting on her. I don't have to be told not to hit on a married woman. I don't hit on women anyway, but I mean... I don't have to be told that it's, it's just something that, you know, you know, as a man, as a person, it's wrong. You know, as a woman, it's wrong. I don't have to be told a woman has children to leave her alone. And so you don't have to say to me, hey, George, she's married. She has children. You don't have to tell me that. It's not going to happen anyway. And you certainly don't have to tell me that the person is special to you because I would never do it to begin with. The point I'm trying to make is his approach to her was counterfeit. He didn't really care about her. He didn't love her, didn't cherish her. She was somebody new who he was hoping to have a relationship with and then try her out, see how, what it was like to, you know, what it was like to have sex with her, you know, what it was like to be with her. Counterfeit. Um, of course, Periscope ended, so I don't broadcast anymore. We only have one of two choices in this life. Well, there's, there's two choices. We can choose one or the other. We can choose to live authentic lives, true lives. We can choose that. And we can choose to participate in activities that are appropriate and true. The other thing we can choose to do, and many do, we can choose the counterfeit. We can choose to rationalize. We can choose to do things that are inappropriate. We can choose to let things develop that we know should never develop. Um, we can choose to do all that stuff. The consequences are different, and the long-term impact on us and the other person is different, too. You just have to decide what it is you really want, what you really, really want. And I will say this in closing. One is lust is temporary. Love is permanent or can be permanent. 
lust is never permanent in the sense the that with the person. Lust never lasts. It never totally satisfies. It's not enduring. It's very temporary. It's momentary. Love's the opposite. Love is what is authentic. It can last. It can be built upon. It can be strengthened. It, it it's, has a sense of appreciation and satisfaction built into it. They're opposites. That's it. Like the law of opposites says, love and hate, love and lust, caring and indifference. There's opposites to everything. And in some things, those opposites are counterfeits. We need for ourselves to discover the authentic from the counterfeit and choose wisely. Use wisdom in our choices and use standards as a guide in the decisions that we make. When we do those things, we have genuine peace and happiness because we're doing the right thing and we have the safeguards of propriety. Impropriety does not prevent, it does not um, pr produce a safety net for behavior, but it produces consequences which are not good. Propriety, things done appropriately and within the standards of decency and truth, provide a safety net which keeps us from doing things we know we shouldn't do. That's what it comes down to. And it's all based upon our knowledge, wisdom, and truth. That's what it comes down to. Okay, that's it. I'm saying goodbye. How many times do you want to hear me say goodbye? I haven't even yawned. Cut me, give, me, give me a break here. I haven't yawned in who knows how long. Think about these things because uh, in life, if you don't make the choices, life makes them for you. Goodbye.